Hello, Cord and Cuties. Welcome back to another episode. So happy hey, to have you. Hey, y'all. Hey, You're listening to Courting in Color with your hosts, Chatrice and Louise. Um, so let's just dive into it. We kind of alluded at the end of last week, aka 48 hours ago, <laughs> <laughs> that we would just continue the conversation and do a part two. So this is part two. So, I mean, I'll go ahead and ask, you know, what's been happening in the last 48 hours <laughs> since we got here and recorded. <laughs> um, what has happened? A lot of delicious food. Ooh. I had um, a pizza, a banh mi. Um, was this a pizza that you ordered yourself or was it another yes. mystery pizza? <laughs> so fun fact about that pizza, I think I figured out where, where the came pizza from? came from. Because <laughs> this new place I went to had a very similar pizza box <laughs> to the one that mysteriously showed up on my doorstep. <laughs> And so such a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> you got that free mystery pizza. I just love I just love that, that happened. Like how odd and bizarre and really and you try honestly you tried harder than I would have tried to like solve the mystery of who that belongs to. Right. No, I like was messaging people. I like waited. <laughs> I was like, let me keep it in the oven warm. But no, yes. Um just in case I stop by. Just in case I stop by. I, uh, oh, I, I did have a bottomless brunch. Um, so I did go eat at a oh, restaurant sorry. right now, which is when I had texted like you, Brian, and Haley. Uh, you know, $13 bottomless mimosas. Let us know if that's expensive or not. I don't think it's that expensive. But mm, $13 for bottomless mimosas definitely was like a little tipsy. Um, but it was a, I had a fried, was it like a fried chicken biscuit sandwich? Amazing. Ooh, yes, the potatoes were really good, really well seasoned, a little too salty, but like just enough where like like a smidgen too salty, but otherwise they were perfect. Yes. The real question is, are you drunk right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not drunk. I had a decent amount of water and give myself plenty of time. Like my friend that I met up with, I think we got there at 1130 and we said like, oh, goodbye. Okay. we got there like at, we said goodbye like at three. And so I was like, this is plenty of time to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But they try to do us dirty because they gave us like a little, you know how it's like, I freaking hate mm. when they give you a wine glass and they like a fourth <laughs> fill it up. And like, they're like, this is a mimosa. I'm like, this is a shot. Like. <laughs> exactly. Like this drink is still basically orange, like right. dark orange. Come on. So I'm like, okay. But anyway, that's what we've been up to. Yes. Um, well, as you know, I spent literally all day yesterday on the couch binging Fixer Upper. Um, that is not Ooh. where, yes, on HG, okay. HGTV. What is it? Joanne and Chip or something like that? I'm like, uh-huh. his name would be Chip, damn it. Um, but I watched that all day yesterday. And that was not my plan. But I did not really have a plan. So I was like, the world take me wherever you want me to be. And that was to my couch to watch that. And since I'm in the process of like looking for homes, like I really was purposely kind of like watching. Like I was like, I really do actually want to understand like fixer uppers and like how much work has to be put into it. And so, yeah, I actually had a really good time. I emailed my realtor and I was like, okay, so like, let's actually talk soon. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to be able to like 
manage and live through a major renovation. <laughs> like this is what I now believe about myself. So that hopefully will open up more options for like houses and stuff. Yes. So, I also yeah. need like your financial advice. I have a yes. um at some point offline. <laughs> yeah. I need okay. to ask you your, like, or I can okay, ask you now. Sure. <laughs> Whichever. <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, so that's what, um, I was doing <laughs> since we last talked. Um, and yeah, we can just like hop right on in. I did want to give a couple of shout outs since yes, literally yeah. today for the culture. Literally today would have been the, what, 51st anniversary mm-hmm. of the Stonewall riots, um, starting and, you know, RIP and shout out to Mother Marsha P. Marshall P. Johnson, excuse me, who I only recently learned what the P stood for, which apparently was like, pay them no mind. Pay, pay them no mind. I was like, I can love it. Um, and so I was like, well, so yes, I was like, we definitely have to give her a shout out and Sylvia Rivera and just all of the queer women of color who are out there making shit happen yes so that you know a fabulous pride month could even exist and so that you know folks could feel and have the rights that they deserve and so and i have many not many but i i just recently heard some commentary about a person who identified as like a white gay man who was really upset about Juneteenth and was like, oh my God. "Can you believe that?" Yeah. I was like, I was "Girl, I was not surprised but disappointed." Yeah, I was like, "Obviously, I don't claim the white gaze in full, but um, I'm just like, really, come on now, like, exactly." What was his like, commentary? He He's like, that. right? He was like, "The black or African American community gets the whole month," and you're like, right. "Or do you realize like it's the shortest month, right?" To begin and- with. You know, black people exist in this world who are both heterosexual and members of the LGBTQ plus community. So I'm a little confused on what you mean that the blacks are trying to take over Jew. Like, we're just trying to stay alive, but we're not going to get into all of that. But anyway, so I was like, ah, like, I hate that, like, as I'm thinking about, like, the amazing history of, like, Stonewall and everything that, like, people like that have to, like, come in and say their two cents. But yes, I also want to give a shout out to some of our amazing listeners. Yeah. Kate, Dr. Kate, she's just been, I mean, like. I feel like our OC. biggest supporter. Like yes. she has really just been holding it down over in, where is she? Somewhere on that, on the West Coast. Yes, the West Seattle, Coast. Stanford. Where is Stanford? It's not in Seattle. <laughs> it's Somewhere, the best coast. What do they say? But West Coast, go. best coast. Oh, is that what? Well, great. Kate, we miss you. And um, I'll read what she said. And she basically said um, on Instagram, so make sure y'all are following us. She said, this podcast has been a breath of fresh air for me lately. Go listen to Luis and Chatrice on their podcast, Courting in Color. Also, shout out to them for discussing long distance in relationships, which I told her, I was like, girl, we're going to have to have you on the show at yeah. some point. I was like, she was like, oh, is this an invitation? I was like, yeah, girl, because between interracial dating, dating long mental distance, health. mental health, you're like, you're a whole ass therapist. Like, a whole ass need- doctor. doctor. Yes. Kate. I was like, we need, yes, you on here to tell the folks how to talk to these hoes because clearly over the last couple of weeks, I have attempted um, <laughs> and failed to do so. So I was like, you know, definitely want to give her a shout out and hopefully we'll, we'll have her on here with us 
soon. But yes, thank you to everyone who's listening. I know we have some new listeners too. Um, so you're amazing and let's keep it moving. Last week slash, again, two days ago, last week we talked about my tale and yeah. what feels like an epic fail, but I'm trying not to think about it that way. But my just incident, um, how do I want to describe it? Just, I guess my breakup. Yeah, my breakup uh, that I recently uh, went through earlier in last week. I'm just curious, Louise, because I know like we were running close on time. And so what are your just thoughts? about that whole thing, like that everything I shared last week. What are your thoughts? Flabbergasted <laughs> is a good word that comes to yes. mind. Um, just the low level of emotional intelligence, mm. the lack of skills around communicating. I think that's mm. a big thing. And actually, funny enough, I was just talking about a very similar thing during brunch with the person I had brunch with just around like dealing with like ancient men and like dating and insecurities mm -hmm. and like long distance relationships and the importance around communicating and like feeling validated um, and acknowledging like we all carry around our own shit, but the need to be able to like communicate and work through it. Um, and this was just, I mean, obviously like as your friend, like I, like it just fucking sucks, right? Like just naming it that way. And like, this guy is like truly trash. Um, mm -hmm. It just underscores so much of what we talked about, right? With 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 yeah. men and their inability to sometimes communicate. Well, and you know, I I remember saying this when y'all were here. Right. I was like, you know, I'm really trying. I don't know. I'm really trying not to like. Uh, not minimize, but like for lack of better words, I'm really trying not to minimize men into like mm. one of two categories, like trash or not trash, because I think it gets to be so hard. But of course, I said this all before all this shit went down. I'm like, no, trash seems to be the most accurate, accurate phrase. Right. But really, I guess I was having um, one of those Carrie Bradshaw moments when like someone wrote an article about her and how that and how she felt like um they were saying that she felt like men were disposable mm. and she was like no like I don't think I disposed of like whoever and Aiden and she was trying to you know figure that out and deal with that and I guess in a somewhat similar fashion I'm like I don't want to dispose of men or I guess maybe not even dispose I just don't want to have like this is out of everything we went through this is like the only like mm. thing that I can say about them is that like they were trash because because I think what I think about is that like whenever I do break up with someone or whenever I experience a breakup, I'm like, gosh, I wonder what they're saying about me mm. after the breakup. Like, what's the tale of Chatrice? You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm always, I feel like men always love to throw out the crazy and things like that. And at this point in life, having dated the guys that I've dated, I'm like, oh, no, I have seen where the crazy comes out. And I, I'm like, I, it's because like you kept doing stuff repeatedly or you like always ignored me or you basically didn't hear me until I got crazy. And I'm like, that really sucks. Like, cause that's yeah. been the takeaway of Chatrice. Not all these times that like I was thoughtful or all these times that like I supported you or whatever, like those are the takeaways. So I'm trying to be, cause that's what I would want from them, right? For them to not just like have some weird dusty takeaway, but how do I do the same thing? And I don't know because it just, 
left a really bad taste in my mouth not about all men or anything like that but Mm -hmm. about this man right like I'm like I thought we were cool and yeah there were definitely um we definitely had issues like any other two strangers who are attempting to come together would but I thought we could either work through those or learn more about each other in that process which I mean I guess we did and it's just and I learned that like I just wasn't the one like for that bullshit so i think um, what i what i hear is like you're trying to honor your own self and like your views and and who you were throughout all of this and also not wanting to just kind of make this blanket approach of like all men are trash and mm -hmm. that's like that's a really good consideration um i feel like the all men are trash statement is like really good kind of like in that moment where like something like horrible has happened um mm. and I think you know that's why I try to be like oh these are the three these are things that I would these are things that are trash like <laughs> right like <laughs> let's get specific you let's, are not trash but you have trash like quality right and they are as follows <laughs> one two three and four basically um, yes <laughs> yeah yeah I I kind of had a very similar thought in terms of like uh in terms of just like thinking about past, you know, past, like, relationships and, and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, of how the other person would describe me. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, I think what I'm hearing from you is, is you don't know how the other person is going to talk about right. you, how they experienced it. And it's just unfortunate where, like, and I know we're going to keep talking about Insecure this episode, but, like, how many of us don't get or let me speak for myself how often I have not gotten that like Lawrence and Issa moment of like hey here's how I grew up here's how I fucked up here's how you fucked up and and I I don't know if I I don't know if I need that but I also acknowledge that there are moments where I really do want that right I really Mm -hmm. maybe in some ways want to sit across from you and say like you fucked up Mm -hmm. but I also want to hear your side of it too and I don't I don't know if it's a closure thing I don't know I don't know why I want that but I there are just some times where I acknowledge, like, I won't have that Lawrence and Issa moment. And it's not even a get back yeah. together thing. It's a, let's talk about what mm-hmm. we learned. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'll be honest and granted what Lauren, uh, Lawrence and Issa had two seasons, which I don't know if that equals two years in Insecure World, right. whatever. But they've had, like, a significant amount of time, like, apart to think about it. And... I'll be honest, I was thinking that that was the conversation that me and Sully were going to have. Granted, it was two days. So I I thought, you know, I was like, dang, am I really getting ghosted? Like, this is so, this is, this is trash. Like, this is actually trash. Someone you talk to on a very regular, basically daily basis to just disappear for multiple weeks. Like, this is actually trash for you to just ghost. And it honestly, like, to me, that's disrespectful. Like, that's disrespectful. If you don't want to be in a relationship, honey, nobody's forcing you. You have the words. You should have the words to be able to say that. Like, that's that's all it is. And, like, yes, so you should have the words to say that, Um, which clearly you don't, and you've exhibited that by not saying anything. And so I was like, okay, like, it's going to be one or two things that happens if he reaches back out again we will somehow figure out how to make this work which you know I was like going back and forth with that because I was like well if this man treats you like this then why would he be someone that you'd want to go back to but I was trying to again be like well let me not put a blanket statement just because someone is like not present for two three days doesn't mean they're right x y and z 
but okay I was like either we'll actually be able to work something out or we'll just get like a cut and dry like just a clear like closure type conversation and just a clear understanding of where we are like where we each are and we'll you know I'll say my piece you speak your piece and we'll say peace I don't know <laughs> like and, and we'll, <laughs> and we'll say out. peace out yes exactly and yeah. and that is what I kind of thought would happen like an ex like starting with like some type of an explanation mm-hmm. and as you heard and everyone heard like no that's not at all what the fuck he was trying to come at me yeah with, which I was like damn like I and it hmm. And I was gonna say, I think in your situation, you went in with you went into that kind of like final act, really communicating. <laughs> yes. yes. Like my theater background as a thespian. Um, yes. Shout out to my lesbians. Um, <laughs> also, yes. Also, yes. But like in that in that final in that in that like at the end of it, you were like, "Hey, I'm communicating. Hey, I'm communicating." Like you were mm-hmm. really thoughtful in what you said, and what you kept getting back was okay, yeah, it's fine, right? And so I think that dissatisfaction is the word that's coming to mind. So it may not be the best word, but it's the, you walk away with that bad taste in your mouth, like you said, because mm-hmm. you like came at it with an energy and their energy wasn't even matched. It, it was just dismissive. It was- Right, it was, very dismissive. Yeah, it, it, you, even though he was shitty in that moment, you were still approaching it with a level of care by- communicating how you felt and trying to understand it from his perspective and Mm -hmm. what was lacking was he didn't even give you the decency to match that energy and to be honest with you so you know right I guess no you make such a great point and and I just I guess I wonder and I'll always wonder and I won't have the answer but I'm like what did you think was gonna happen when you just said hey and when you just started with the energy of like I'll just wait my turn, right. blah, 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 and I'll be acting like a damn child. Like, like, what did you think, like, what was my response supposed to be other mm-hmm. than frustration when you have absolutely no accountability for ignoring me for days for, cause it wasn't, and that's the thing too. I'm like, maybe it would be one thing if neither of us said anything over a couple of days, but like, I've called you, like, so right. I've attempted You called to over two out. days. Like, right. And so I'm like, I can't really give you that pass there. Like, I'm trying to figure out all the many ways that I could. But, like, I can't because you seem to be actively dodging me and then literally have decided to blame me for you dodging me. Like, right. and I just don't. <laughs> I don't know how anyone else is supposed to understand that logic. Yeah, I'm just sitting here, like, trying to think, like, because I'm, like, on my end, I'm, like, well, it is of his own, it's not necessarily anyone's fault, like, he, he, for whatever reason, clearly the reason he claiming being me, being busy, or too busy, or whatever, like, for whatever reason, he decided not to, like, reach out, reach out to me, um, via text or call or anything like that, and I still just wasn't like angry about it. I was just like, well, not initially anyway. I was like, well, I mean, life. So mm-hmm. that sometimes can just be the excuse, but I'm like, yeah, I, can, I guess I can just only give you but so many excuses before you just enter that disrespect territory, which he did, and then just dug himself deeper into a hole. And I knew when I was like, you know, 
you're really trying to like sabotage this like this is just sabotage and he was like no it's not I'm like yeah like you are and you have because like Mm -hmm. this whole internal dialogue (laughs) you had with yourself this whole internal dialogue that you had with yourself you could have had with me like you could have had when I called you and was trying to figure out what was going on but no you decided you want to continue to build this narrative in your head but like I'm too busy for you and now we're here and like now literally the person who you have decided is too busy for you is taking up all of her time to sit here and have this really um ridiculous back and forth trying to get to some type of something I'm doing all this and I can't compete with what you've decided in your head that's what I was like I can't compete with the narrative that you already have had in your head even though it's about me and I'm the one who's telling you oh that's such a good point you know what I mean like that I'm here for you and that I'm here and I'm present and I'm not too busy um but and and literally as that kind of argument was going on, I was thinking, I was like, when was the first time that I said or like indicated that I was busy? And I'm like, ah, like, should I have ever, I'm like, and I, I, I really don't no. know off the top of my head if I was ever the person who said it first or if he started saying that. But I do, I do remember specifically trying to like actively not say that I'm busy. Like, even if it's like, you know, valid and for work or life or whatever I was like I personally don't like the whole like you know busy kind of narrative that like folks in our industry like to kind of use and anyway and so I don't I already don't kind of cling to that like verbiage of busyness like if I'm productive like that's really great and that's kind of what Mm -hmm. I lean towards and so I was like I'm not going to call myself busy because now I've seen you call me busy in like a way that is trying to make me it seems like you're trying to make me feel like a bad yeah, person yeah so i'm not gonna do that anymore but you he continued that and that's so trash too because even around being busy and you feeling like you couldn't even say it anyone who knows you knows like you are a social person like you love being out yes. here you love like being you know at you know well do we all do do any of us love being at work but you know you you are at work you love being in the community you love spending time with your friends and I just don't know how it's interesting to me that someone would equate that as busy and not like leading the life that you want to lead right um Mm -hmm, and you're an extroverted extroverted person I think with a hint of introvertedness but um (laughs) you're an extroverted person and so it's just fascinating that I don't know I I I think we talked about this for the last week's episode aka two days ago but I think we (laughs) talked about this in the sense of like um how oh I lost my train of thought um I wonder if he saw something that he was like jealous of like and and like because you had something that he didn't but that's just like so weird right and I can't remember if you shared this on the podcast uh, but like he see I think you said he was new to his area and so didn't oh, have yeah, yeah. didn't have this like same social network that you did but like that's not that's not your fault and it's also not his fault right. because he also just got to where he was and so like what does that like he's it's like he's um punishing you doesn't sound right but he's like almost admonishing you for things that like doesn't make fucking sense because (laughs) you're just both at different places in your lives like you've been where you've been for I think three years going on four years Mm -hmm. you're you're just going to be in a different spot than yeah it's 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 really weird and that whole busy thing I'm like so what do you just want me to come to work and 
come home. Like, that's it. Like, that's not. Yes. That's and not, make sure I'm glued to my phone all throughout that right. day. But you can't expect that of him. And so nope. that's, that's, you know, that, I don't know why, but that busy thing just like annoys me. It would annoy me as a person. It annoys me for you because mm-hmm. busy sounds like you don't care. And you are like, Exactly. One of the most scary people I know in all that you do. Like, lovingly, I think I say, and you said this, where there's a will, there's a Chartreuse, meaning because you, you <laughs> yes, care about, <laughs> you care about, really it's stolen from like, where there's a will, there's a way. But like, where there's a will, there's <laughs> yes. a Chartreuse, because like, you, you, you do shit with like, care. And you're not busy for the sake mm, of yeah. being superfluous. Like, there's people who are busy and just like. That's a good word. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I'm studying for the GRE. No, I'm not. Oh, but, really? Uh, <laughs> superfluous. Dr. Kate, help me out. Get into grad school. I want to be a doctor like her one day. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, that word busy just make, I, when I think of a busy person, I think of someone who's like not in, in the community or approaches things with care, which is not who you are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yes, maybe well, not all men are trash, but fuck him. <laughs> that feels fair to me. Um, and I don't know, I'm, you said a couple of things that like stood out to me. So one is, and I feel like I, this is, this happened in my early twenties when I like really first started kind of dating and child, that was a full load of mess for another day. But I, I think about like one of the first guys that like I dated and he was much older and that I just always thought that, that was like, that was what I needed. Like an older mm-hmm. man, we would have similar maturity Same. levels, <laughs> right? And then everything would be great. Oh, child, was it not great at all? But he, there was this like air um, of unhappiness with him. Mm. And I feel like we've talked about this before, of like dating someone who just Get is a negative happy. Nancy. And I don't yeah. necessarily think, and it's funny. It's funny actually, because literally when I thought things were going good with me and Sully, like one of the things that I had said to him or like, as I was like trying to make sure we were still good or like, here are a couple of grievances that we need to like, that I need to air so we can get back to being good, whatever. Um, one of the things I said was that like, yeah, well, cause he said, I have, well, blah, blah, blah I have a lot going on or something. I mm-hmm. hope you understand. And I was like, well, I, I would understand if you actually ever told me that I was like, whenever I, ask you like what's going on or how's life or work or family you're just like it's good it's good it's good it's all good so he's like well I was just trying to be positive and I was like well I get that and you can be but you can be realistic like you can be Mm, real you can be real yeah and so it's like weird because I feel like in his brain he's like no, I'm just trying to be as positive as possible. But I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no way you can really have a positive energy when someone is telling you, begging with you, pleading with you to say that, like, I'm not too busy. I'm here. And you're shutting them out. That doesn't feel like positive energy, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like, he kept saying that, like, he was, like, such a positive person and always wanted to be positive. But I'm like, that's just not always real. And I, I've even had that conversation with my mom before, who's very much a, like, let's just keep everything calm Mm. and happy. And I'm like, but that's not life. Like that is not like we all, if you've lived life, you know that it's not always calm and happy. And so even like, I I know like one day, like something had happened at work and I was like, so serious. I was so livid. Um, And I, he had just texted me and was like, what's up? And I was like, well, 
I'm calling you because let me tell you, like, I can't mm. even, like, work up the my fingers to, like, text this or whatever. And so, like, I, I kind of felt a little, um, oh, you can, <laughs> Mr. Studying for the GRE, you can help me with the words. Because I'm like, I just felt like I aired out, like, all the things that I had to say about that moment. Like, I was very upset and very mm-hmm. frustrated. And for the longest time, it was just, like, silence. And I was like, you know, I don't always, like, need to be consoled or, like, have someone, I don't know, give me the answers or something like that. But sometimes when I'm upset, I just need you to, like, comfort me and mm-hmm. nothing. And I was empathy. like, empathy. It's just empathy. And I think sometimes apathy. people... Apathy. seemingly apathetic with after what you shared. Right. And I feel like some people, when they are so focused on trying to stay in the positive, they can't, like, they are not equipped to handle those real-ass conversations Ooh. with, like, some type of, like, balance or, you know, response or comfort or even an offering of a solution, if that makes sense. It's like, mm-hmm. you just wanted me to talk about, you know, rainbows and teddy bears all day. Well, my day wasn't filled with rainbows today, so here's the shit. And, like, can you help me just feel less shitty about it, I guess. Yeah. And that just wasn't. And I think that's a defining moment in a relationship, right? And whether platonic or romantic is, can you hold what I'm sharing with you in its fullness? Like the messiness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And even just uh, for me, even just after I, uh, you know, spilled my guts or, you know, shared stuff, even just hearing that fucking sucks is like, what I need that you heard it you acknowledge that at least it's not positive like you may not have the answer but just hearing that I mean that's Mm -hmm. the that's the um you know the the empathetic response uh where's it sympathetic I always confuse the two but you know what I mean right it's 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 the it's the the one that you should do the one that you should do right (laughs) the one that you shouldn't do according to Brene Brown is being like well at least you get, you know, like anything else exactly. at least is not good. Uh, and again, that's a lot of those people right. who are like, I'm just trying to be positive. So at least your house didn't catch on fire. Oh, okay. Well, since that's not what I'm talking about, like I'm talking about the real thing that feels real to me that right. did happen. That sucks, yeah. And, and that sucks. And I think, you know, that's definitely something I have really uh, struggled with as someone who feels like they're a problem solver. Like when someone you know, gives me all of, you know, their story or a mess or shares, you know, and it's just vulnerable with me and I don't have anything good to say. I'm like, huh, and I'll just name it. I'll just be like, I don't even know what to say right now. Yeah, it's in that video. Yes, I think that you show, so thank you. Like, always, because I'm like, and I I really did, because I was like, I really did like appreciate and take from that because I'm like, I don't want to be the at leaster right. and I don't know what to fucking say, but I want you to know that I'm here with you. And I want you to know that I understand like how crappy of a situation that this is for you. And I can certainly like empathize, but like know that I'm at least you have my undivided attention. And that's another thing too, right? Like we were on the phone. So like, Mm-hmm. Maybe I had his undivided attention. Maybe he was making a chicken sandwich. Like you, you well, or know. just even, or just even com- like I go back to communicating, but just even being like, that was a lot. I need a moment to process, right? Like mm-hmm. tell tell the person that you're listening to that mm-hmm. you are receiving it, right? That you're not mm-hmm. making a chicken sandwich. That you're not busy. <laughs> that you're not like scrolling through Twitter. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's really difficult. And I, and I have had to learn how to be more present and not on my phone as often. Mm-hmm. Um, even when like my partner and I first started going out, like yeah. put the phone away, be present. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. The messages, the messages will be there. And people like me, like, even if you take, I don't know, three hours, for example, to text me back, I will not hold that against you. And I will <laughs> not be mad. So there is, is that, but I think, um, you know, we had talked about like insecure and like we talked about this situation. And I remember when it happened, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to call the episode high key uh, insecure or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I feel like this is coming from Sully's places of insecurity. And I do not at all want to act holier than thou and pretend like I am without any insecurities. Like I definitely right. am, but I just, I. <laughs> I have to believe that like I sit with myself enough and I reflect on shit enough to at least be kind of aware of those insecurities. And I think I'm learning more about like how they show up and they pop up. Cause I think, I don't know about you, but for me, I think the weird thing about insecurities is that like, you don't know when they're going to pop up. Like I know what they are, but I just don't, it's like, Oh, ooh, I didn't know this was a situation. Now I'm right. very insecure about this thing. What do I do? What do I do? So I'm curious, like, how do you, how have you like worked through or really worked with some of your insecurities like in dating and courting and like, do you, are you often prepared to share them? Do you get surprised when they pop up and kind of happen or what? So I would say for my insecurities, I'm a really introspective person. So I pretty much know all my insecurities. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. what catches me by surprise is what you just said of how they show up mm. or what my um external uh reaction to them are like do i respond in uh in anger in like snippiness mm. in like you know depending on that but mm-hmm. i i feel like part of my insecurities so I'm aware of my insecurities and what they are. I think when it comes to like friendships, right? So like non-romantic relationships, I surround myself with people who know what they are, but they're not going to like bring them up constantly, right? Mm. So I think that's like, hey, I know this yeah. is a sensitive topic. I'm going to wait for you to bring it up or I'm not going to like constantly remind you of it. I think mm-hmm. when in a romantic relationship, that is a difficult thing to navigate because you have to communicate them so someone knows to not even bring them up and or, you know, just so that they are aware of them. For me, it is a, not a risk. I, I feel that it's a risk to communicate my insecurity sometimes because you don't yeah. know how the other person is Brene Brown says that, yeah. Yeah, you don't know how the other person is going to respond. You don't know, are they going to, you know, receive it, throw it in your face, dismiss yep. it? And what do you what do? You do? Um, mm-hmm. And I think I've just been very fortunate that I've been able to find those people later on in life. Definitely, I think as I talked before, not in college or in my early twenties, um, but I've been really fortunate to find those people later on in life who can hold all those insecurities um, and just like hear me in them and and see me in them too, um, and not like bring them up because like they know it's like a sensitive thing to to talk about. Um, Oh, I can't remember what the last part of your question was, but yeah, it, insecurities are tough. Um, I think I also hear in talking about insecurities, just saying anxieties around dating and, and in relationships. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, in, in, in true vulnerability moment, I think part of, wh- wh- I don't know if what's at the core of my insecurities 
is as follows. But I think that there is a feeling like I'm unlovable or like I do not deserve love. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, I know is not true, right? Like we are all deserving of love. We are loved and, and those things. But I think when, you know, you are, um, for me, like owning my identity is being a queer person. You already feel like, mm-hmm. you know, love may not happen from like your family, from your friends, from society. I mean, there's yeah. things at, various systemic levels that tell you you're not lovable you're not worthy so as a queer person um you know feeling that as like a person of color feeling that um as someone who used to be like formally like really heavy like feeling that right so there's these mm-hmm. all of these things that just kind of build up and compound um and so my insecurity stem like really from like my i don't know if it's like the chicken and the egg what came first the insecurity or the anxiety but i would mm-hmm. say the insecurity that's actually a really good way i hadn't thought about that the insecurity really came first uh, oh, yeah. because i showed up someone told me oh this is a bad thing and now that's now i'm waiting for it to happen again when someone tells me this thing is bad and this thing is bad is a very broad um very broad way of looking at it but like you know if my insecurity stem from being undesirable and i developed an anxiety around that well i'm just waiting to enter relationships where that's going to be affirmed um yeah yeah period. yeah like that's oh my gosh please that's so Listen, i'm on a roll today i'm so on a roll much. today Look, you're getting it that i mind Again, many things that you said that are now like swimming in my <laughs> head, swimming around in my little afro. Um, but the main thing that I'm stuck with right now is the like, you know, which came first, the insecurities or the anxiety. Um, and I guess I don't know if you were alluding to this, but when you said that, it just made me think of like shocker it made me think of childhood like go figure yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I was like well starting like the starting point was not yesterday right like the starting point like I wasn't like good and then all of a sudden like just developed an insecurity it's like it's wild because it's like all of these insecurities hmm, uh, mm, all of these me, insecurities oh, uh, sorry all of these insecurities that I have that show up in dating that might not even really be about dating, but like that I see a lot in dating had nothing to do with dating yeah. whenever they were kind of created. Like I all think right. about like all the times, like I, like as a child, like went to the pediatrician and I remember as a child dreading it because I knew I was going <gasps> to weighed. Yes. I called me fat. I was overweight. I knew someone was going to say I was doing stuff wrong. So like, I'm like this. Fat. I yeah. took diet pills at 13. I, I'm trying to think. I don't know that I have Like a doctor prescribed me diet pills at 13. Oh, wait, a doctor? I thought you meant oh, like girl. Target. No, a really? full-blown doctor. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's so... Oh, my gosh. That, like, blows my mind. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think I was Ooh, Let's maybe, not even get into that. Ooh, child. Like, let's... I know. I'm like, I do think around 14, I was doing... Which I feel like I told you before. I was doing a Debbie cake diet. Um, and that was literally as stupid as it sounds. I would come home and for dinner, all I would eat was an oatmeal Debbie cream pie because mm. I saw that it had like 150 calories and that was enough. And um, for me, which obviously it was not, and there was zero nutritional value in any of that. Right. But I was like, okay, they're telling me I'm overweight. This is the solution because 
unlike your doctor, well, unlike your doctor, I didn't, they didn't prescribe me anything, but they also didn't like, there just weren't realistic solutions or solutions to, I say that put solutions in air quotes because to say that my body was a problem is problematic within itself. And so, um, I just remember like that being like my, that was my, that was my 14 year old brain. I didn't know. And I just remember when my mom be like, all right, okay, cool. And what I also specifically remember after that, like, I don't know, whenever I was like, okay, well, I'm exhausted, probably, you know, due to malnutrition and like hunger. Um, But I remember my friend's parents complimenting me on my weight loss. Like Mm -hmm. after that happened, I was like, oh, okay. So this is when you get complimented. And it's like, yeah, like it's just, it happened just like that. So I, yes. What what an interesting dimension. And so two things, what an interesting dimension to add how, insecurities about dating stem from childhood and nothing to do with dating mm-hmm. but I think so much of what you know and we really do need to bring bring Kate on because yes the Dr. messages Kate. <laughs> Dr. Kate but like Thanks. early childhood is supposed to be about like love and how you learn about it and you need mm-hmm. to be affirmed and, and you learn so much about the world and almost what you learn to expect from it and how it treats you um mm-hmm. early childhood adolescence teenage years especially when our bodies are changing um mm-hmm. so that was one thought the second thought is i feel like the genesis of the show really started when we were like this like shit is related to our childhood, right? And like, mm-hmm. we should talk about it. Maybe other people feel the same <laughs> way too. I just, yes. I'm, I'm getting like a, a vision, a memory of us driving somewhere and I, kind of having this like, it's about our childhood, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think so much mm-hmm. of that, what it is. And, and, you know, I've heard other podcasters and, and other folks talk about like healing your inner child. I don't know mm-hmm. what that is. That sounds really good <laughs> in theory. And I like to subscribe and purchase. I don't right. know what that means, except like, in part being really aware of where these things manifested from from childhood mm-hmm. um, because I know for me one of the another way my insecurities tend to manifest themselves is like I think I might have talked about this on an episode but like I really wasn't given space as a child to talk about like how I was mm-hmm. feeling or how I was doing whether it's a mm-hmm. product of like cultural upbringing or a product of being the oldest of three like I really didn't have a space to be like I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling I mm-hmm. it just was like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was wrapped up in. And so maybe that's where part of healing the inner child starts is like, you, you have to acknowledge some of those, some of those things. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you, again, so much, but I, and another thing that you said, another key word to me that you said was like desirability or desire. And I think that that's then where, well, like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't start at the dating and relationships because even when I had that moment of like weight loss, which of course it came back like Mm -hmm. twofold as poor diets often have the result of doing. Um, but even that moment, like it wasn't anything romantic. It was my friend's parents, but like still there was like that understanding of like, this is desirability. And so, and it's like, oh, well then like, you know, we move on into high school and you see like, you know, the like well for me I'm like you see the skinny white girls dating and so I'm like is it because I'm black is it because I'm fat is it Mm -hmm. because x y and z elemental p like there's you know a whole host of reasons why I'm not getting any attention from guys either like you know what you know what is it about me that's not desirable and so I think like a lot of I mean definitely like every single time like if I'm being like fully honest every single time I've gone on a diet like it's had 
almost nothing to do with like my health and my body, like being able to perform in the way that I needed to, being able to like do what I needed to do. It's been about like how, like this is a means to become desirable. Like, yeah, this is very much so. Will start to desire me. Like I'm single. Like I don't have a man or a boyfriend or whatever because I'm overweight. And like that's mm-hmm. what the, that's what a medical professional has said. Like that's what right. my parents have said. Like that's what you know society has told me because it's only and who was I just sent an email to some like I don't even know what um because you know everyone's just now realizing that like black people you know exist and <laughs> have existed um with injustices like our whole existence over here in these American streets. And so um, one of the, the many like white companies that's been like, we are now gonna, you know, be in diversity and be in solidarity with black people. Black people, we see you. We see you. I'm, I am Karen, but I see like, so anyway. Um, and so it was one of those. And she was talking about like, um, it was either like plus size models or black, like, plus size models of color, I think it was. It was like like a combination of that or whatever. Um, and she was like a skinny white woman, basically. And I, I responded to her message. It wasn't, it was like a, a, a news blast or something. And I was just like, thank you for doing that. Like, even though, you know, bitch, where you been? But okay, you're here. So thank you for doing that. Because literally it took me until I was probably in grad school, like at the age of 25, to really start seeing people who look like me in skin tone and yeah. size actually like have fashion platforms and actually be like have a following because of their fashion like I remember and it's funny because I'm like anyone who knows me knows I love clothes and fashion like that is you know if I could do something on the side it would be something with design or fashion I feel like sponsor um and but I remember hating going shopping when I was a kid. Like, I hated it because I knew that shit wasn't going to fit me. I knew I was going to have to have, like, 30 large-ass pleats in my pants. Like, that shit was not cute. And I'm like, and on top of, like, not – we. I wouldn't say we were poor, but we were definitely, like, working, low-working class. And so yeah. it's not like we could afford, like, the cute shit anyway. But then, like, that on top of, like, the husky girl stuff, like, it was just right. I'm uh, like, damn it! Why can't you be both husky and cute, like, like right. cutely dressed? Well, like, you can, right? <laughs> like, but you weren't receiving those messages. Um, exactly. You have said things that have also made me think about things. Who would have thunk? Um, so, two <laughs> things around desirability. I was just having this conversation over brunch about how, for me, I learned around about desirability in very key moments in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a as a young queer boy, like late teens, about to turn like twenty one, like I was out in the clubs and out here in these streets and like over eighteen gay nights and in, in, in the clubs in Chicago. Yeah. And I remember not knowing, but I, I knew I was not desired. I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about desirability to an extent. And mm-hmm. that only got exasperated with like the hookup apps. I was telling the person mm-hmm. I just had brunch with, and I remember when I first talked to you about this, um, uh, I was telling her about like Grinder and Twinks and Bears and like <laughs> oh, Cubs and Otters and Wolves and I don't know, like all these things. And yes. I was telling her about how like so much of uh, queer, like 
queer, the bodies of queer men and desirability are wrapped up in body size and like body hair. But what I was telling her, I was like, as a person of color, like my bodies don't look that way. And I was telling her how like I felt many times mm-hmm. where I felt like my body should look that way, where I felt like I, the mm-hmm. example I gave her was like, I still sometimes some moments feel like I want to have a smaller rounder face but what I was telling my friend that I was having lunch with I was like my face shape is my grandmother's my like Mm. face shape is familial it's ancestral so what does this say when I desire a shape that actually genetically is found nowhere in my in my family's history because of desirability and like eurocentric features Mm -hmm. um and I was also telling her the second thing around desirability was I it was weird because again like I uh like I was saying I you know, was, was, uh, was heavier. And anyway, I guess fat, like I still am fat. I don't know. It's, I, you it's know, still a I'm word. It's a weird around. word. Right. Yes, it's a weird I'm word to say. And we yes. need to say it, but I'm like, was right. I fat? am I fat now? Anyway, when I was. Up to you, I've yes. decided that I'm okay with calling myself fat. Like I'm right. okay with that. When I was fatter, I don't know. Like <laughs> when I was heavier. You know, Pumper. Anyway. big boned. Oh my gosh. Did you get called big boned as a kid? Of course. I was like, oh my oh, they're like hey, big guy. I'm like. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I have anyway. a name, but like, I'll, okay. Right. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, like, and really, like, people who do fat studies are like, you just need to say fat, right? Like, we we mm-hmm. we don't say it, and or when we say it, it's like a weirdly pathologized, like, medically bad thing. But mm-hmm. anyway, yep, so yep, 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 when yep, I was yep. fatter, I guess I'll just say, um, and then when I lost weight it was in this really weird moment of my life. And I think in episodes there, I talked about like being a late bloomer and like, so I started losing weight and started getting complimented and I started getting like looked at at the clubs more, right? Like I started mm. getting cruised more. And mm-hmm. over brunch, I was telling my friend, we were talking about desirability in general, but I was telling her how like, it was a weird moment in my life when I went to, Me- uh, when I went to Mexico City for the first time and I got oh, yeah. on like on the hookup apps and I literally... Mm-hmm had never experienced such popularity. Like all five or six of them, however many I had at the time, I was mm-hmm. popping. And I literally took <laughs> my friend and I was like, this doesn't happen to me in America. It took mm-hmm. going to a country where I'm from, where there's more bodies who look like me, but mm-hmm. also, neg- so positively more bodies that look like me, my ancestral homelands, but negatively because I'm also at that point uh, in uh, an ideal body weight, right? Like I'm not mm-hmm. like super skinny, I still have some meat on my bones, like I'm still fat, but it was, but it was a fatness that was desirable. Yeah. That which that, is such like a scale. It's like which is weird. When does my fat become okay? Like I don't know. Is it but then, you know, but then fat, not fat enough? But then there's people who desire, like who 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 are attracted to like fat people across like the whole spectrum, right? And so it's mm-hmm. just it's so fucking weird when we talk we talk when we think about like bodies and desirability and fatness and like what happens when we like lose weight and like are now on the lower end of the spectrum and Mm -hmm. and that fucks me up sometime too and so sometimes I felt bad for like being more and really I mean I was I'll just name it like I was more sexually active when I lost weight because I Mm -hmm. equated like well fat people don't have sex and there's a Mm -hmm. I could talk about a whole other episode I could literally get on my soapbox and talk (laughs) about how like and I'll just say like tumblr porn really gave me a better desire for my body because i saw other bodies engaged in like sexual activities that looked like mine and Mm -hmm. there are people who've talked about this who like pornography can give them a view of what it could look like to engage in sex because they see bodies that are reflected of that and so yeah it's really really weird 
Well, and I will never forget this. Like when I was an undergrad, like I was a um, like mass communication uh, journalism major, and um, yeah, there was there was a class that we or like a, a documentary or some I don't know something that we were talking about in class one day, and you know because communication and film industries and things like that like would be topics of conversation. So we got onto the topic of pornography. And one of the things I'll never forget that one of my professors was saying was that like the porn industry is always, is always essentially leading the front for like things that we all eventually like adapt to and things like that. And so thinking about like large bodies being desirable, like it does not surprise me that like it was first porn, like porn was the first place where you were like, Oh, huh representation because right. like porn is like i don't know porn is not a person <laughs> porn <laughs> industry, uniform, she's great. Um, <laughs> start it from your apartment step yeah, outside porn, <laughs> um but the uh pornography industry is always like well shit bring your kinks get your kicks mm-hmm. on route 66 and our sites like let's like everyone and i'm sure this is not 100% accurate. I've never worked for the industry, but um, it seems like everyone is welcome here. Like everyone can show up here. Yeah. Everyone can have a kink. Everyone can have a desire. Everyone could be desirable. And so I think, you know, p- the porn industry or porn as we call her, um, gets a lot of flack, but I think that is one way where it's good. Like, I, I'm just not going to mm-hmm. sit here and pretend like porn is all bad. Like I just, I've never thought that and I never felt that way, but, but yeah, no, I think that's, that's very interesting though. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't necessarily used porn in that way because as a total side tangent, like, I feel like I don't want to see myself in porn and more specifically, I don't necessarily like seeing black women in porn because it's mm-hmm. just, it's like kind of, it's just a I lot. mean, porn, porn is filmed for the male gaze, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And so that gets into a whole other thing. But um, I do like that you were able to like, equate your own desire like you were able to find mm-hmm. your own desirability like in well, that way like, but, that but cool. even but even the nuance of it too and like we can keep extrapolating it so yes it was like tumblr porn and yes bigger bodies fatter bodies but they it was still white fatter bodies uh-huh. so like a way like the it, it's so fucked up because the way i started to unravel my desire desirability politics and or I guess not unraveled to better understand my desirability politics was through porn but still Mm. entering it from a point of whiteness which is like still Mm. fucked up right Mm -hmm. and because I'm like oh like the first bodies that looked like mine that I saw of a similar size they may not have looked like me in totality but they were bigger they were like regardless like white bodies and okay I mean but that's a huge problem even pornography right like it's right to what you're saying there's there's facets for everything but not everyone gets paid the same I mean like there's just so many inequities in the porn in the porn industry anyway but yeah like that that's the thing I've just like continuously nuanced about myself I'm like damn like yes I was able to like rethink around about my own desirability about my own body but I still had to enter it from a point of whiteness to do it which is fucked mm-hmm. up. so I'm trying to like make connections yeah uh here and so okay so I feel like we were like at insecurities trying to figure out where those started and then like connecting that to a desirability or a lack or a feeling of desirability or lack thereof. And I'm thinking about, um, 
maybe like what are some examples if you don't mind sharing of like times where you realized after the fact that you showed up and your in, your insecurities have showed up like in a dating situation or relationship does that yeah. make sense oh yeah um this is one I actually talked to you about um so when my partner and I first started like dating and seeing each other um we would like set plans and I would um for the first couple of times always like text like two days before the day before and like morning of to like make sure the plans were still happening because of the continual experience of like men just canceling at the last minute or being mm-hmm. like too like Ugh! like they just like I, I just had this habit so I'm like oh well I'm seeing this new person clearly that it's going to keep like this is the pattern so therefore it's going to happen with this new person and it took me a while and I remember talking to you about this it took me a while mm-hmm. to like stop doing that a lot of it was self-talk a lot of it was like pushing back on my own like uh, my own anxiety around um uh, maybe not necessarily anxiety, but just my own feeling of like, oh, this is going to cancel. This is going to cancel. Like I would get nervous, right? Like, oh, yeah. I feel like my heart racing when I thought about it, potentially canceling, but I'd be like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Right. And I would talk myself, not even out of it, but I, I talk myself into the situation and I would tell myself, I, I will be okay. I will be okay in this situation, but always speaking about it, like it is going to happen versus like, I have no... Mm-hmm. evidence to support that this is going to happen um so th- and that's more this of an being him canceling canceling right right, right. Mm-hmm. um so i don't know if that's only like an insecurity but i think i think like i think it's a it's a small eye insecurity right like someone canceling and therefore like they're not interested mm-hmm. in me but it connects to this whole like the big eye insecurity around like not being lovable enough or, or like not deserving of love exactly well and in you know in the moments where and I obviously can relate in the moments where it's like this is my like insecurity that I may or may not be fully aware of but like also it's kind of been affirmed in other people's actions and so it's like damn I was trying to get a hold of my insecurity like I was trying to like start to believe or to say because I, I feel like I've heard so many white people tell me just look in the mirror look at yourself naked or clothes and tell you tell yourself you love yourself and I'm just like that just is there another way that I can like <laughs> do this activity because I just that is that's not appealing to me but um you know you try to like do the self-work and then it's like dang you get knocked down when those things are affirmed it's like oh okay they ghosted me so I guess I really you know wasn't worth a you know, see you later. Sorry, so long text or they canceled plans. Oh, I guess I really wasn't worth, you know, going out on a date with. And I think um, one of the things that I had talked to that dating coach about, well, or one of the things that she had said, and I think I may have said on here or at some point was, was just like, you know, do she'd asked me like, do you really feel like you're worthy to mm-hmm. um, receive love and also to date and I was like well yeah like duh like hello look at me I'm great but like she was like I mean but do you really I'm like what are you saying what are you getting at right you want to doesn't mean you're ready doesn't mean you want to receive right well and it's like I know like logically and intellectually that like Mm -hmm. I am like I would never I would never sit here and say out of my mouth that like she doesn't deserve to be loved like that doesn't make sense right when I hear it but it's like, what are the actions that then happen that would 
actually go against what you're saying. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, what that dating coach told you reminds me of, I'm trying to remember specifically, or how specifically Dr. Rhonda worded it on Insecure to Molly. Oh, okay, I was like, who's Dr. Rhonda? Dr. Rhonda. Okay, um, yes. Yes, but Dr. Rhonda said something to like, do you want to be in this relationship? Or basically like made Molly question of like, your actions say this, your thinking mm-hmm. says this, but mm-hmm. faith, like, do you want to put the word evid- in or something like that? Right, there's evidence to the contrary that says that, you don't believe this or you don't want this or you don't really believe like to what your doctor or what your dating coach was saying, like that you um, are ready to receive love. You want it. Right. And so exactly fabulous or continual reasons why dating coaches and therapists can be really beneficial. Definitely. Like I literally after like our last talk and just, you know, been thinking over the days, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and text my black therapist who I primarily see for dating and relationship advice mm-hmm. and y'all know I always there's always funny stories that come out of my sessions with her but right. also nuggets and gems and that's what I go for so um she's the best but I do like appreciate her because I'm like okay well like I don't know is this the time to like take a break like is this the time to just do some more self-work some reflection like I constantly am reminding everyone I'm about to turn 30. And so like, maybe this is, I don't know. Like I, cause I, I had that moment and I had on here about like, what do you do right after breakups? And I had that moment of like, I need to be desired. Like I need to be like, I need some attention. Like I need like all this like male attention right now. And <laughs> like, again, I, I am a work in progress. So I'm like, it really sucks. So I'm like, damn, this guy couldn't give it to me. So I have to find it from another guy. Right. And you know, daddy issues, maybe an episode way later, but that could definitely be tied into some of this. But, um, I, I had a moment and actually it was like earlier this morning and I was like, no, okay. It's okay. Like, it's okay. Like right. you and Sully did not work out. I don't see a scenario of like him coming back around and me being like, yes, I do see a near- scenario of him coming back around. But you know, because they, they just—they're uh, predictable. Like they right. just all do. <laughs> um, yes, but, some men are predictable. I guess we're trying not to say all men. Oh uh, yes, all the ones that I've dated are predictable, and that's why I keep a notes app on my phone of like when you come back. <laughs> this is why I don't delete numbers. They hardly ever come back, but like just in case. Just in case, you never know. But I, you know, I am a a solid stand of the new phone. Who this? But anyway, yeah. um, I was like, we we didn't work out, and it's okay to just sit in that and not be like I'm. I'm not. I'm real. I really do. I'm. I don't know. I'm not sad about it. Like it wasn't. I guess long enough or deep enough for me to feel like that particular emotion. I'm bummed. I like bummed really is the most accurate way to describe, I guess, how I feel about that. Cause I'm, I'm just, I always go back and I'm like, could I have done something different? Yeah. Could it's I, a loss, know? right? So you're going to go it's through, you're going to go through your stages of loss. Exactly. Uh, and in this and, moment, you may not feel something, but that doesn't mean in the next, in another moment, you, you won't feel another thing. Exactly. And, and it's like, I don't need like, I guess it's one of those things where it's like he was not filling a void that is now empty, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, Ooh, and so okay. since I'm not empty, I don't need to go seeking for someone to That's fill great. me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, 
work in progress and baby steps here but that like that was the I think that's a big step I don't think that's a baby step I think that's a big oh, okay. step I might be crawling I might be walking um hey <laughs> but no but but, it, but yeah. I think that's a big that's a big thing and I really related to I think I shared in episode zero we're talking about like first time having sex or something like that about how the first time like I really had sex yes because I thought of you yes. yeah yeah was after like feeling really undesired like yep. uh shut shut down or cast off yeah. a guy and I was like I just need to reclaim my body like mm-hmm. apps. um yeah yeah natural reaction right and in that moment to kind of use language that you did I I felt like I oh like a there was a a hole or a piece left and like something needed to to fill it um yeah and so kudos to you for that growth right for that big step to be like nope this is I'm going to sit in what I'm feeling and I, this doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't have to seek something else to, to make up for it. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, and I definitely like my knee jerk reaction was definitely to go, you know, seek out the attention, but it was like, right. okay, slow your roll, sis. Like we don't, we don't need to, to do all that. And the question that I have for you is like, what what are your thoughts, I guess, because I'm sitting here thinking about like the times where I have been insecure and I will openly say to anyone like my my biggest insecurities that I've been able to point out or like see very clearly has definitely been like body related and like size related. Um, sometimes it's like, like, for instance, like I know I'm a short woman, but I've never been insecure about that. And in some Ooh, ways okay. I feel like that's an advantage. Like guys love feeling all big and tall and guess what? I like feeling small. So like, great. Like let's, like, that works. And so like, I, even though like I did, I have to ask a random stranger in Walmart yesterday to help me out with Aww. the, I, I never, like, I was like staring at that bag of tortilla chips and I was like, I want these damn tortilla chips. It is my weekend. I deserve I want that exact, that particular brand on that shelf. And I don't know why they were just on the top shelf. And I like literally like reached, stepped back, stared at it, tried to think of a plan. What was I going to step on? Reached, went back. <laughs> like, and I knew another, and I knew a Walmart employee could see me because we kept almost bumping into each other. And I was like, is he going to help a sister out? Anyway, so yes, obviously like being short like has like its moments and challenges, but like when it comes to dating, I'm like, no, that just really isn't something that I'm pressed about. But when it comes to like my weight or even like just different things with my body, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, can we turn the lights off and things like that? And so all, I'm sharing all that to say that like, that's been something that's been very, a very like easy one to pick out. But what I have learned in the last like couple of years, and I think it definitely comes with like just age of like maturity with like myself and like men that I'm dating, but like men have, it has been really helpful. And I, I don't think I ever asked for it or like even like tried to coax a guy into complimenting me, but like there I've dated men who like are just like outright, like, no, I love your body and things like that. And, and it kind of sucks that like, I like needed that external validation to like really believe it. But at the same time, it was helpful. Like it was helpful and it was needed. And so like now I sit here and I'm like, yes, I'm still working through my own like, um, insecurities like with my body or whatever and like you know building my own confidence but like when I do have a breakup I'm like you know what no I know I'm desirable like it's okay like he's not gonna be the only man that likes me or that like treats or well I'm gonna say the only man that like wants to be with me because I think then that's how we get into like well let me just settle for someone who will just take me 
Um, but I'm curious, I'm like, if you've ever like been validated in something that you were like, oh, well, this is an insecurity of mine, but it's helpful to know that nobody else really cares about this. It's, it's like my own actual thing. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to mind is that external validation that you talked about primarily like around, um, someone else finding like my body attractive and desirable. Mm -hmm. I think me being like a late bloomer and like, you know, having sex like later in life, that's part of the affirmation that I receive, right? Like it might not have been a, it might not have been a verbal, like I love your body, but honey, the things that we're doing in the bedroom told me (laughs) that they, you knew, you uh, knew the truth. Right. But, uh, and I think, and I'm think, sitting here thinking, I was like, I'm sure they did say something like, oh my gosh, you're like so sexy and so attractive and, and all of those things. But it was the, okay, like, you know, whether, you know, sometimes it was a quick and dirty hookup and sometimes it wasn't. And, but like, I was like, at least it's weird. It's a weird validation when I think about it, but like you, you chose to engage in this thing with me because, mm-hmm. because you desired something from me or you wanted something from me. It, it's tough, right. To know, like, did you just want to get your rocks off or did right. you like, want to engage Actually. with me or do you want to have mm-hmm. sex with me? Because like you, like, you know, who knows, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. like that's the external validation that, that, that comes to mind almost immediate or the, the external validation is the type of validation that comes to mind when I think of like how um, someone didn't point out my insecurities. Um, yeah. That's like the main one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, I guess, you know, I'm still insecure about like my cooking abilities since I am. Oh, we're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Those things. I thought thought we were talking about dating, relationship, sex stuff. Okay. Well, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's what I'm getting at. So I think, so if we like take a little, you know, trip here, like I have been told, Louise, since I don't know, at least I was a teenager. Girl, you better get in that kitchen if you want to find a man. Like, that's, mm. like, also been a, another lovely lo- uh, layer of bullshit that has been, you know, passed down to me um, as, like, a female-identified or uh, woman. And so I, um, I, I remember almost kind of having a point, like, in my, like, early, early 20s, late teens, well, shit, up until two years ago, that, like, part of me, like, was, like, not only do I not have an interest in cooking, I almost, like, and trying to actively reject that, like, I have to, like, be able to cook to be seen as a woman, and, like, that's the only way that I'm going to get a man, blah, 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 blah. Now, we tie in, you know, Shadrees, you can't, you can't, you just can't with the Taco Bell every week, we, you know, we, right, right. we gotta find some nutrition here. That's a Shatrice um, I, I remember meeting. <laughs> yes, and it truly, we did not meet that long ago, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so that, that really, like the health reasons were really the biggest, mm-hmm. like catalyst for me, um, starting to cook. Like that's what I was like, what, you, what is this HelloFresh or Blue Apron or what have you? And then it, it kind of, um, met up with the timeline of me like dating a guy who like, liked to cook. And so like, we just kind of like did that. And so that was, you know, a very nice thing, but I do like, whenever I make something for anyone dating or otherwise, like I'm like let me go ahead and criticize my food before you do because oh, no. I know it's not like great or I'm still working on things, the work in progress. And so I, I definitely get like very nervous about like trying to cook a man a meal. And I get also very annoyed at all the aunties and grannies who were telling me all I had to do was cook to get a man because I, you can see, I am by myself on this couch. So I'm like, clearly that is not the one key, but okay. Glad we were able to 
Minimize my value. (laughs) And let me tell the listeners, your mac and cheese is bomb. And can I tell the listeners, you're the reason why I even have a mac and cheese? Was it for my Thanksgiving potluck a couple yes! years ago? Yeah. And you just like were like making macaroni and I laughed and I was like, but you know what? Yes, actually I'm gonna try to do this. And, and you so, perfected like, it. You took time, but yes! like you, you have a recipe. Yes, um, thank you. Uh, no, it, it's <laughs> that very right. Delicious. Like that is the one thing I'm like, yes, I know. Don't question me. <laughs> Everything else I'm like, ah, I'm still trying. But yeah, so I mean, I think about like and then so I think about like the times where again I've cooked for a guy or like friends or anyone and it's and they've like received it well and I'm like okay like okay I thought I could do this and it seems like it's being received well so I can do this so it's like I don't know I I wonder if like is external validation such a bad thing Mm. I mean like I think maybe coupled with my own like like most of the time when I'm like making something for someone for instance I'm like coming to the table knowing that like I did the best that I could or like I'm pretty sure like it's like decent or whatever but it doesn't hurt to have someone like affirm me (laughs) that way I don't know and I wonder if like I wonder if part of affirmation is being seen right like I wonder if affirmation is like acknowledging you did this thing it took time it tastes good like it's more Mm -hmm. about acknowledging or maybe maybe acknowledging is is what's wrapped up in affirmation the mm. the ICU and not mm. to bring this conversation full circle full circle but I think like it ties to what we were saying way kind of back at the beginning of this episode around Sully not seeing you and what you were saying at the end of your mm. all's time right mm-hmm. like that's not validation I mean that is because it's acknowledging maybe so I don't know if like acknowledgement and validation are inextricably linked or if one maybe. is part of the other but mm-hmm. I think you know validation is like I'm into it right and put in put it you can substitute it for a body for sex for food for mac and cheese maybe all four <laughs> of those at the same time like I am into it that's the acknowledging and that's the validation and I think we all just want to be seen you're no you're absolutely right because I think what I I told you and Brian I was like when he like a big moment of disappointment for me was when I asked him if he wanted me to still come down and see him and he was just like up to you like that was a moment where I needed you to tell me that I was desirable to you or being desired by you or wanted by you because you have given me reason to believe that you're not interested right now and so I need you to tell me that you are interested so we can keep it moving because what I would have done as a 20 year old would have been like you know oh my gosh like you know of course obviously and I I, I'm like I could have probably maybe still did that because I think like y'all had brought up like maybe he needed he needed me to say that yes no every your first and everything and I I definitely still want to come down there but to your point he didn't acknowledge the many times that I was trying to make sure we saw each other so I'm like I've already did my part like I already did my work I can't do do it here too because at no point have you expressed any like um any explicit joy or happiness of me like being down there and I don't think it's too much to ask of a potential partner to like be excited about being around Mm -hmm. to be excited about being because I think then that sometimes get into that like murky waters of like does he want me like is you know 
am I someone who is going to be desired by someone? Right, right. I suspect, like you're saying, that he probably was having those moments too. I know for a fact, like, because he had alluded to like, you know, women have cheated on the, with, uh, cheated on him in the past or been with other guys or what have you. And so like, you know, clearly that's something that he's still working through. And like, I, like, you're not helping me you're not helping me understand how I can articulate or demonstrate to you that that's not what's happening here. All I can do, all I know to do is to tell you that it's not because it's not. Right. And that wasn't enough. And I'm like, okay, so basically you're saying my efforts aren't enough and you still need more and more from me. And I am starting to pour out of an empty glass here because I've, I've done everything that like I thought you may want. And now I need to like recenter what the heck I want. Mm -hmm. and, and so. Yeah. And the you thought may want piece makes me think about seemingly what he was like, well, I'm going to name something that happened to me and you magically know the solution. So don't to not do it. Right. But right. he didn't communicate. This isn't this. Ha this happened. This is my insecurity. Like it's, there was, there was something missing, right? Like, yes, he might have been a, a whole damn conversation. A whole damn like conversation. <laughs> a whole damn like part of the said. equation. It was, because if you notice, I keep saying he alluded to it because he didn't ever like specifically, like explicitly come out and say it. But I was like, oh, okay. Like you're saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to pull from this, like literally these five words. Right. Here, like that's what has happened here. And that now makes sense in my head to like why you're like constantly worried about who I'm with because you think that someone, you know, wants to like be with other people or whatever. But the, the, wild part is that by you doing this and you acting out and your uh, by you acting out in this way because of your insecurity it does make you less desirable and it makes me want to go do the thing that you was afraid that I was going to do in the first place and so I was like I just feel like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy I feel like it was self-sabotage and I am guilty of all of that as well but I was like, I, I can't, to me, there feels like no other explanation. Like, I can't, I, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't trust me. I've not given you a reason not to trust me. Um, but it seems like you don't trust me. Like, it seems like you really don't trust that when I say I'm doing X, Y, and Z, that I'm doing it. And I don't know why I would deserve that after, like, three months and, like, still getting to know you. You know what I mean? Yeah, the other imagery that, the imagery that comes to mind for me as you're talking about this is like puzzle, right? Like he's almost expecting you to take all of these things and, and get all these puzzle, puzzle pieces and build a puzzle mm -hmm. of him. And that's a lot of work. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of work in the sense of, yes, there are going to be things that couples learn from one another, but when the one person is feeling like they're pouring from an empty cup just to freaking build the puzzle like come on you can help 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 in some ways to build this help puzzle out. right help you out yeah yeah and so you know i thank you for going on this journey with Anytime. me i i think the thing that i am choosing to appreciate about these men in my late 20s and moving on into my 30s is that like I really am trying to take away learning lessons and even though like that didn't work out with Sully I think there's still things that I was able to take away that like okay like I can take this into my relationship into another 
relationship and hopefully that'll you know push that relationship even further because I think that was the thing that I told myself I was like damn I felt like I couldn't get over like the one month hump like we would do a couple dates and then like it would be over like something wouldn't work and so I'm like okay like now I'm moving on like I'm moving a little bit further and so I'm like I have to remind myself that practice makes somewhere near perfect it won't ever be perfect but I think practice is what I need and in that way I am a late bloomer because I'm like damn was this what all the cool skinny white chicks were doing in high school they were practicing for all this bullshit and now they're you know married and well whatever but you know I'm like you know this is my time to practice and I will uh have that piece of gratitude for the practice that I was able to have and it just kind of makes me gives me a little bit more confidence in my ability to be a great partner so love to hear it and you're also better understanding yourself and who you are um because we are continuously learning about ourselves exactly and that and that's the piece when I say like be a better partner I'm like oh okay like now I understand like oh okay now these I get that I have to communicate these things because he won't be able to read my mind as much as I would love for that to happen. I'm like, nope, Chatrice, like that's not really a thing. So, so yeah. Um, so Louise, do you have any final words, thoughts for the people? I think my final thought is um, continue doing the good work of trying to heal your inner child um, <laughs> for all of us. Um, and just better understand who we were as children and what we may or may not have gotten. Because um, that shit carries with us um, into the future um, in ways that we um, know and, and may not know. Um, so, yeah, just thank you. I, I should say, you know, I, I hope our listeners after two episodes feel this way. But, um, you know, thank you for being vulnerable, obviously, and sharing, you know, part of this dating and relationship journey. I know both of us are being vulnerable, but I feel like this is vulnerability on, on another level um, beyond, you know, just sharing like our stories and who we are and like random hookups and, and stories about those. <laughs> so, you know, yes. thank you for, for your vulnerability. Um, oh my gosh, and, and I hope you. others feel the same way too. Yes. Awesome. Well, as always courting cuties, be sure to keep it cute and court with confidence. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, y'all, to another episode of Courting in Color. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Court in Color. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-C-O-L-O-R. Or email us at courtincolor at gmail.com. Head on over to our website at courtingincolor.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us. Court dismissed. Bye. Bye. Vote. Vote.